praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast this Sunday, July 11, 2021. As some of you must have heard on the interchange before we aborted the live broadcast the start. We have been delayed by some technical issues. We believe God that is all sorted out now. So shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for revelation knowledge. We thank you for being there when we need you. And even when we are down, even when we turn our backs on you, you have been there for us. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this broadcast. For we know by the revelation that this is a very important broadcast. And nothing shall by any means stop it by the grace of God. We plead the blood of Jesus again upon all the hearers and on this ministry and on this pulpit, this segment. Lord, you are God. We have sinned against you. We have sinned grievously against you, Lord. Both as individuals and as your church. We have sinned grievously. Forgive us. We pray that at the hearing of your word today, as many as we hear, Lord, we be convicted as I was convicted. And when they are convicted, Lord, they will let others know. For we have denied you your right to worship. We have elevated other things above you, Lord. Forgive us, O oh God. Stand your hand and don't destroy. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. As you have heard from the prayers, today is a very important broadcast. But let me make a correction last Sunday. In Acts chapter 8, verses 9 to 23, it was not Paul that spoke to Simon the sorcerer at the end. It was Brother Peter, who wrote the book Simon the Sorcerer. I know we reflected that correctly in the passage, but when I was speaking, I made a misspoke, so I need to correct that. So shall we go on now? Please pay very serious attention to this broadcast. Why your prayers I might have been hindered for now. Contending for the gospel of Christ series. That means what you hear today, you must pass on to others, unless you don't believe. But you go into your closets and pray, you find that it is true. This series outline, we are going to jump to week five. Organized Christianity usurp the worship of God. That's the whole point. We have used other things to so usurp the worship due to God. God is looking for those who believe his word, study his word, act on his word and live according to his word. Today's topic, organized Christianity usurp the worship of God. Many human beings have taken over the worship of God. Outline. Human beings are incomplete without the worship of God. Number two, our Lord speaks about true worship. Three, organized Christianity is not the worship of God. Number four, examples of those who rejected the worship of human beings. Number one, human beings are incomplete without the worship of God. First scripture, please. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Praise the Lord. 
Man became a living being because of the breath of God. So all the things formed hadn't become living until God put his breath. Therefore, a human being is incomplete when her spirit or his spirit is cut off from God, the giver of life. That's number one. A human being relates to God through her spirit or his spirit. It is the spirit of a human being that hears what God is saying. Why body and soul are involved in worship? It's actually the spirit that transmits that worship to God. The relationship between human beings and God was broken when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. On that day, the spirit of humans died to the things of God. Next scripture, please. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise the Lord. For thousands of years, human beings grew in darkness. Until the Lord Jesus Christ came, he restored life again to the spirit of humans when he paid the price for their sins. The new human becomes alive again to the things of God. And his or her heart starts getting enlightened, being taught by the reborn spirit, which gets information from the Holy Spirit, passes on to the soul and then to the body. And that's how the newborn begins to worship and to learn to have fellowship with God. Praise God. Number two, our Lord speaks about true worship. So what is true worship? Let's hear from the Lord and Savior. Scripture, please. John chapter 4, verses 3 to 24. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sichar, near the plot of ground, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being worried from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no delays with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than my father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, but come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Verse 20. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem 
is a place where we ought to worship. 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your revelation knowledge. Verse 23 to 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, meaning in his time, when the true worshippers of God will begin to worship Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking shots to worship him, because God is spirit. God is not a human being. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I want you to know those verses because we are going to come back to it again. God agreed to put his name in a building. Only one building, the temple in Jerusalem. And in no other building. God allowed the last temple to be destroyed in 70 AD by General Titus, the Roman you know, army general. Because the temple has served its purpose. It was incompatible, meaning it's just not okay again for a physical building to still exist after God's son had offered eternal sacrifice for humanity's sins. Note that. It was incompatible for a physical building, whether you call it temple or synagogue or anything, to still exist when the veil separating the most holy place or the holy of holies for which the high priest went in every year to make sacrifice and atonement for the sins of the people of Israel. It was incompatible for that building to exist again because the veil separating the most holy place from the most holy, sorry, the most holy place from the holy place was torn in two after the Son of God cried out on the cross and gave up his spirit. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 to 51. It was incompatible for a physical building to still exist when Christ, the high priest of the new covenant, had entered the tabernacle of God in heaven and offered his precious blood for humanity's sins once for all. It was incompatible for a physical temple or building to still exist when God set aside the Levitical priesthood and enthroned the priesthood for all who believe in him or who believe in his son and gave them direct access to him to worship him just as it was before the fall of Adam and Eve. But organized Christianity has done so bad. Organized Christianity is not the worship of God. Not right, I'll come back to that. The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers of God 
We worship Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, as we said before. The apostles and the eyewitnesses of the Lord's resurrection did not construct a building that they called a church because they understood that the mission of the church was to go into the world to preach the gospel and make disciples. The apostles understood that the mission of the church was not to erect temples or buildings and to invite people to come in and worship God. The apostles knew that believers in Christ, those who are truly believed, were the houses of God. They were the temples of God. They understood that God is to be worshipped everywhere, individually or in groups. Recall the fellowship that Paul and Silas had in prison in Acts chapter 16, 25 to 31. That's a good example. Look at of all places in prison. They had a great fellowship and the Holy Spirit was there with them. <laughs> and you know what happened. It's a good example that God is telling you and I to worship Him individually or in twos or in more in any place. Buildings began to be called churches. Let me repeat. Buildings erected by human beings began to be called churches when organized Christianity went apostate. When it changed the priesthood of believers under the high priesthood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They reverted it back to the Levitical priesthood, took us, took us back, meaning Christ's sacrifice on the cross, it was a nullity as far as organized Christianity was concerned by the actions. Organized Christianity cannot pretend they didn't know. They knew exactly what they did. Because they knew fully well, because they were Bible scholars too that Christ had abolished the Levitical priesthood at the cross and replaced it to the priesthood of believers. When the veil separating the holy place from the most holy place was torn in two. Organized Christianity went even further. The clergy or the priestly class it had created adopted apparels that are similar to those worn by those who are serving the Babylonian and Roman courts. Organized Christianity made its followers to believe that God is present in the buildings that have just erected, just as he was in the Jerusalem temple. That they started mimicking everything to take people back to the Judaism that Christ himself had come and abolished everything and became the high priest of the new covenant. Then they said, no, we will do what we know better than you, Lord Jesus. But there can be no building by the Jerusalem temple. Because the purpose of that temple was to offer sacrifices and to worship God. Sacrifices for sin and to worship God. When the veil was torn in two, that ended the Levitical priesthood and all sacrifices 
animal sacrifices. And that particular day, the time that the Lord told the Samaritan woman was fulfilled. Remember? And now is. You see, he knew after his death, that's when this will come into play. It was fulfilled on that day that the Lord died on the cross. Human beings from that day had direct access to God through the veil which is Christ's body. Next scripture, please. Next scripture. It's not the next scripture. It's the next one. There's only one verse. Yeah, next scripture. Okay. Therefore, brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 20. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. Praise the Lord. That's all. We have a new way. There's no more high priest. There's no more priest. There's no more Levi. But you, going through the body of the Lord, the veil that he has become into God, seated with him in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Unfortunately, most of those who go to these buildings called churches are unaware. And I'm sure many of you hearing this are unaware. That God's presence is not in those buildings. He is not there. Rather, God's presence is with you if you're obedient. Because He's in residence in your hearts. So it's not in the buildings. There's no building on this earth that God's presence is today. But God's presence is in you and I if we're obedient. Children of God, we are temples of God. And because we are temples, we worship God at all times and in all places with their prayers or Francis lifestyle, even in the bathroom. It doesn't matter where you are, worship God because His presence is with you wherever you go. Those buildings erected by church organizations and denominations took away the true worship of God. They actually prevent believers in Christ from truly worshiping God in spirit and truth. Some of these buildings are so lavishly decorated that people actually admire and worship even the buildings. Try and go to some of the big cathedrals all over the world and done with so much. Oh, so much reverence. People go, oh yes, God must be here. No, they are worshipping God, but they are not worshipping God. They are worshipping little gods. They are worshipping idols. They are worshipping things made by human hands. Worship made for God is often given to those buildings and their landlords. Because the owners of the buildings called churches have led their followers to see the places as where God's presence resides. So you, you know, some we wash hands, make here a genuflect, you know, bow and up before they enter. Just, wow, it's unbelievable that God has not destroyed the world. It's His grace. These buildings called churches were often erected to attract people. Remember, He said, go into the world. But no, they erected to attract people rather, bring the world inside. The larger the buildings, the more the people and the more money that comes into the coffers of the denominations and organizations. That's simple. Those leaders who preside over larger numbers of people get more remuneration. That's they get more. So the more the number, 
So that hence the fights to attract people. That's why there's competition. People use own biblical selling pitches to attract people as if this is a market. It doesn't matter to these leaders that are sabotaging God's mission and disobeying the Lord's command of go into the world. He didn't say bring the world into what a building you have erected. Are what denominations and buildings calling themselves churches doing? Any different from what Jeroboam, the king of Israel, did? Jeroboam had built two places in Israel to replace the temple in Jerusalem where the Israelites went to worship God because he was afraid that Israelites in his domain would go back to the house of David. He was allowed to go to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God. In the same manner that Jeroboam created a priestly class to compete against God's priests in Jerusalem, organized Christianity also created a priestly class, the clergy. What am I trying to say? Organized Christianity had a lot in common with Jeroboam, the king of Israel. Wasn't it the same priestly class that the Lord abolished on the cross? Scripture, please. I read from 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 25 to 31. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. Also he went up from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David, if these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then the heart of these people will turn back to their Lord. Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Therefore the king asked advice. He made two cows of gold and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set up one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places, and made priests from every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing the parallel? Jeroboam denied God his worship in Jerusalem. Organized Christianity is denying God the opportunity for his four children to serve him in spirit and truth everywhere. Saying there's a place you must come. They will claim it's not what they say, but you and I know exactly that's what they mean. So organized Christianity like Jeroboam has made God's people to sin. Scripture, please. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 16. And he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who sinned and who made Israel sin. Praise the Lord. It's when I came here that I was so convicted that I didn't know what else to do or say. Because from this scripture, organized Christianity like Jeroboam has made God's people to sin. The question is, is God going to give up his church? No, he will not. Because it is not his church that has sinned. It is organized Christianity that is an usurper that has sinned. And so organized Christianity has a choice to go back to the worship of the true God. Or remain there and God says he will give you up. It's not the church of God that God is going to give up. 
But for all of us who have participated in the past, including yours truly here, ask God to forgive us. I hope as many as will come out from organized Christianity to begin to worship God in spirit and in truth so that they will pass on the message to others. You are going to contend for this truth because it is very important. Let's stop pretending that going to these buildings called churches, they are going there to worship God. That's an anomaly. That is a sin. You worship God in spirit and in truth, wherever. It can be in the building. I don't care. They will worship in people's homes. In your clothes, it doesn't matter. Worship God everywhere. There should be no special place to say, come here, this is where we're going to worship God. The way to do that, that's apostasy. That's the point. God says, worship me in spirit and in truth. The same way Adam was worshiping God before the fall. The same way the apostles worshiped God and not built, put any buildings called churches. They met in people's homes, wherever. In the seaside, they prayed there. God was present with them everywhere. This is the truth you must contend for. Or you are in error because you had the truth today. Let me emphasize again. I've used tautology double, but I purposely did that. God's presence isn't in buildings made with human hands. Anybody who says that is not a child of God. God's presence is in his children because you are the temples of God. They are the ones who worship God in spirit and truth. Any contrary practice or teaching or belief is idolatry. By taking over the place of Christ as intermediary between God and humans. The clergy act as God. Even somebody somewhere says he's vicar of Christ. The worship that ought to go to God necessarily has to go through them. Except your pastor, Jew, praise God will not hear. What does that mean? Hence, most of their followers see them as a mouthpiece of God. Hence, the word man of God, woman. Who is not? Please, can we stop this joke? It's a sin. Some have even asked their followers to tell them their sins. And they will absorb them by giving them the necessary punishment. Reverence of leaders have become inevitable. You have titles, reverend, most reverend, right reverend, daddy, mommy, geo, pastor, all that. Please, excuse me, I want to ask you a question. Pastor, what, why, why, do you, why don't you call him brother or sister? We know, yeah, pastor, yeah, brother this. Then if you introduce him, you say, he's a pastor of this church, that's okay. But why must we emphasize that daddy G or daddy mommy? What, what does that mean? What does reverend mean? Reverend, you are referring a human being. Human beings are worshiping fellow human beings in this building called churches because when it's so big and the man is so well dressed up, people bow the knee. They kiss the rings of the bishops and archbishops and the Jews. They bow to their Jews. And pastors genuflating before mere men and women, and you are telling me you are not worshiping men and women. When we challenge you, you tell us <laughs> they are just giving your leaders respect. Are you telling God? Do you think I deceive God? Don't you think your geo is bigger and better than you? Don't you think your pastor is bigger and better than you? Your bishop is bigger and better than you. If you do that, that's what I'm talking about. We are called to be children of God. I 
will have specific functions. We are not called to be lost. I know in gatherings they say, oh, let's see what our lost who are gathered here, lost spiritual and uh, temporal. And people will be there sitting at high tables. They are spiritual lords. They are not lost in the kingdom of God. They will know where they are lost. Examples of those who rejected the worship of human beings. Let's go and see human beings who people try to, and they said, no, even angels. Scripture, please. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else nor share my praise with carved idols. Praise the Lord. God will not share his glory with carved idols like buildings. He will not share his glory with anyone unless he dies to give that. But that is God himself deciding. Not human beings deciding to give glory to anybody. When you do that, that's idolatry. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 10, verse 26. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up. I'm a human being just like you. Praise the Lord. Immediately, don't do it. Stand, shut, pull him up. Let's scripture, please. Revelations chapter 22, verses 8 to 9. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Did you have an angel told Brother John? No, don't worship me. Shut, put him up. Worship only God. Let's get up, please. Acts chapter 14, verses nine to 15. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermas because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. Praise the Lord. You hearing my voice today watching this broadcast. Go out into the world and tell everybody you know. Man, why are you doing these things? Your GOs are men. Your bishops are men and women. Your archbishops, your popes, they are all mere men. They have the same nature. Tell the world to run away from these useless things. If you are an unbeliever, you are not believed because you know these practices were wrong in the spirit. God is calling you today to come to the cross and embrace the truth. I'm like Brother Paul. You might become the one who reached the nations with the true gospel. Because many of those who claim to be servants failed and continue to fail, leading many into Christless eternity. I, as like you, also was in error at some point. 
it, but he continues to open my eyes. And when I saw this, I came to that and realized that organized Christianity was exactly doing the same thing that Jeroboam did. And if you recall, in the whole of the Bible, in the Old Testament, it was only Jeroboam who taught what Israel to sin. That is what organized Christianity has done. That's what organized Christianity has done. Apostate churches have done. May God have mercy on all of us and forgive us our sins. I am going to sing a song. And by His grace, I want you to join me also to reflect on that. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. He's the lover of my soul and yours. Friends may fail me. Your friends will fail you too. Foes may assail me. But he, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving me, helping me, keeping me, and loving me. He is with me, he has promised to the very end. And is with you to the very end if you but believe. Jesus, what a strength in weakness, and I'm weak. Let me hide myself in you, oh my God. I've been tempted, I've been tried, and I've failed many times. But you are my strength. You have given me victory. Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. You have been saving, helping, keeping, loving me. And promised to be with me to the very end. And has promised as many as we believe this message today to be with you to the very end. Bow your head to God in your closets and cry out to him. Jesus, what a help in sorrow. Why the billows, you know, they roll over me. Even when my heart is breaking. He my comfort helps my soul. That's why I'm going to declare the whole counsel of God. No matter the consequences. I will trample upon you, serpents and scorpions. And over every walk of darkness. Until the day he calls me home. Hallelujah. What a savior. What a friend. Serving, helping, keeping, loving me. He is with me to the very end. And he's yours to the very end. If you can only more believe and bless him today. Jesus, I do not receive him. Say that if you have never known him. Or if you have backslid there, come back. Or even if you believe and not, receive him again and say, more than only him, I find. Because he has granted you and I forgiveness if we come. I am his and he is mine. I am embedded in him and he is in me. And oppose me and lift me up and does the same for you if you can only really believe. And he is mine. Hallelujah, what a savior. What a friend, my Lord and Savior. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. With me to the very end. And with your people to the very end.
Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, you are the eternal rock of ages. You are God. You are my Savior and you are my friend. You are the friend of all who have come to the cross. You are a friend of those who have embraced you. You are a friend of those who continue to walk in the castle of the Holy Spirit. Help your children. Pull apostate Christianity down. Yes, so that your children who are there will be freed from organized Christianity yes. and be worshipping you in spirit and truth yes. and not worship human beings and buildings not worship idols created with men's hands yes. Father, what is by your grace? Father, confirm the words to that that has come out with signs and wonders in the lives of your the hearers for when you visit them and they know your presence is with them, by opening their eyes to know that you are with them, then they will not need anyone again to confuse them. So that they will go out to tell others. For the ministry you have given us is to let people know that they must come directly to you. There are no intermediaries. Open the eyes of many to be strong. And when they are, Father, I'm saying, Preserve and protect them from the evil one, for he will come attacking them. Lead them away from every temptation. Deliver them from all evil. And take care of their matters, Lord. As they contend for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, Father, see about their lives. See about their needs. And supply them according to the purposes that you have prepared for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you the praise, Father, for this knowledge today for the forgiveness of our sins, for having ever given worship to something else that was not you, Lord. May your children also do the same, Lord, today. Come back and embrace and know that your presence is all that matters, that no building is what they are going to give time. That when they ever go to a building, they're not going there, but they're going there for fellowship with another, not to worship. There may be worship that will come, but that's because the worship that will come up will be because those who are in that church or in that building all have the Holy Spirit worshiping. We're going to talk about the unity of believers, who is a believer, non-believer, at the end of our segment. When that time comes, Lord, I pray you open the eyes of many who are wondering what about the neglecting that similar of the saints. They will understand what we mean. That you cannot have unity of believers or non-believers. It is non-separate. It can't work. There's pollution. And demonization that will take place. But Father, we come to that. Prepare the hearts of your children to go into your word, to study the scriptures. And as they study, Lord, open their eyes so they will also understand a lot of things. So don't need anyone to tell them anything. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all the hearers. And Father, may your presence continue to be with them. May your countenance shine upon all and bless this ministry and all who work. In Jesus' name we are prayed. We'll see you next Sunday by God's grace. Be praying for us as we pray for you.